someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. Best, 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 best. On the Statue of Liberty, it says, "Give me your tired, your hungry, your poor." Well, it's Americans who are tired and hungry and poor. And I say, until you take care of that, close the fucking book, because we're losing. We're losing our right to pursue our destiny. We're losing our freedom. So that a bunch of fucking foreigners can come in here and exploit our country. Hello. Mm. Yes. <laughs> what a way to kick things uh... off. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Best of the Best. With myself, Connor Keys, and as always, alongside me, the one and only Mr. Rona Mullen. Runananos Mullanos. Mullanos. This episode is based on American History X. You heard a clip from it there from uh, the main star, Edward Norton. Uh, kind of a bit topical, maybe? Well, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's 20 years old? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's strange going through the film and recently just doing a catch-up and going, oh my God, mm-hmm. I've heard all these speeches in the last three years. <laughs> yeah, from the president. From <laughs> very highly lauded <laughs> individuals. Uh, so American History X, uh, released in 1999. It. It, sorry. Uh, watched by me in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget we're back. Well, it probably came out here. It yeah, was November 1998. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been near after for here yeah. as always. Uh, we had uh, Edward Norton, Edward Furlong, the Long, the Long, uh, as uh, playing two brothers. Yeah. Um, who are embroiled? Basically, the older brother Edward Norton is embroiled in neo-Nazi white supremacist groups. Yeah. And this tells a story of his journey, his the background where he came from, the, uh, where he went to, and then where he ended up, as most good films should do. Three That's acts. There you go. Three yeah. acts again. Uh, we like structure. We love structure. We love structure. Now, if you haven't seen American History X, kind of like what we say about all things, uh, there will be spoilers in this. So if you Quite could, a bit. If you could, go press pause now, go watch it, and then come back. do 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 that's it that's all you're getting we'll wait for you so go ahead are they fit pause we don't need to pause <laughs> oh, I was going to sit here for like two hours 14 <laughs> minutes wait for the film's over uh, so American History X has uh, it, it has got so many standout things yeah standout performances mm-hmm. standout set pieces some of the scenes Sta- uh, the, the, the location is yeah, um, the actual things that there, there are actual set pieces, like there are certain things that are so... Yeah, there's moments that... Will stay with you forever. We will come to that. Yeah. We'll come to that. And there's also a very standard story about the film, which yes. we'll also get to. Yeah, so there's a lot to cover in this. So we have the the uh, the film itself and then the aftermath of, of what happens. And that we might go into a wee bit of, uh, wee bit of Holly Weird. This is Holly Weird. Absolutely. It's this is stuff I'd... I'd only, as I said to you, I barely scratched the surface of, but I didn't know how bad it actually got. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, we don't, you know, you're talking 1989, uh, 1998, 1999, and I, I wasn't hearing an awful lot of this stuff, you know. Um, so we will go on to that. We'll we'll talk about that. But first of all, we'll, we'll talk about the film. So mm-hmm. directed by Tony Kay, uh, an English director, a very highly regarded. Uh, advertisement commercial and music video director mm-hmm. he was yeah. like he was the infant terrible they were sort of 
everything major that you saw in the late 80s, early 90s, commercial-wise, was him. Uh, and, of course, Soul Asylum. He did Runaway Train. He did Runaway Train, the fucking classic. That is a great video, too. Class video, class tune. And uh, where are they now? <laughs> where are from? Where did Soul Asylum go? On the Runaway Train. And in Asylum. <laughs> Do you still uh, have the hair? Is he alive? He's just fucking lying back on the royalties, I'd say, at this stage. I always mixed up him with the boy from Carrington Crows. Yes. Because they, they, I think they both went with Courtney Love, or Courtney Cox, sorry. Oh, Probably Courtney Love, too. Probably Courtney Love, that's fair. Uh, sharing her with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm. Funny enough, Edward Norton was with Courtney Love. Mm. It's all starting to make <laughs> sense now. <laughs> How an English director got a big budget film as his debut. Yeah. Well, it was along <laughs> the lines of like Fincher and stuff. Yeah. He was so visually stunning that they went this guy. Well, he says it himself. Tony Kay says, I knew that this was a shortcut into filmmaking. If you were a good uh, commercial director, yes. music video director, you have a leg up of much better than anyone else. And he didn't go to film school or anything. So. But he was like a really, really wealthy uh, yeah. before filmmaking. Like he was... More fucking alarm bells going off. He was really, really uh, mm. highly regarded living in Los Angeles with the wife and Wayne's and unknown, we'll get to this later, but unknown provocateur and a bit of a scallywag. But fucking nuts, that's weird. Uh, the film, the joy of this film, uh, it's in two tones. Two tones. Two tones. So you have uh, black and white scenes and you have the, the color. Everything in retrospect um, in black and white. Yeah, everything being retold. So it brings a, a it brings a an automatic shift every time. Yeah. You know, you're 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 in and it's it's not like one half and one half, it's constant throughout, so it's, it's cut yeah, that way. It, it cuts it, it, the the story it isn't a linear structure, no. it jumps back and forward. Uh to the point even where sometimes when I rewatch it, like recently, I forget that that part's at the end. At the, yeah. And yeah. I thought it was earlier on, but I'm yeah. just Talent in my head from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's you know you've got multiple maybe if you want to call it genres or multiple themes and we so it's definitely a prison movie, uh, part mm-hmm. prison movie, part um, racist slash fascism defeating movie. Yeah, teenage um, angst movie. Yeah, brotherly love, loss sort of, of a father yeah. early on in life. It's there's so many so many things that are going on in one in <laughs> one show. Uh, I think if we talk about before the film started shooting, mm-hmm. uh, Norton Edward Norton had just done only Primal Fear, which but he, was but he was Oscar nominated for it. Absolutely amazing! Yeah, it's like I, one of the best debuts fuck, of an I actor. Loved that show. He's actually, brilliant. It. Actually, went to see it in the cinema and mm-hmm. and didn't know what it was about. Hadn't a clue. It was one of those uh, World Cinema Days. Do you remember them? No. Do you remember World Cinema Day? It used to happen around June, and you could go to the cinema for a pound. So they showed during World they Cinema Day American films? They showed... No, no, no. I don't mean World Cinema Day as in like it was a Oh, show. it was like oh, a worldwide... No, no. Oh, was, yeah, right, They sorry, called sorry. it... Or maybe it was National Cinema Day. Sorry, maybe. Okay. But uh, at, at every cinema allowed every single film for a pound. So oh, uh and, and I think it, I think it ran for two years or three years running. I know I got to see Primal Fear and Scream randomly for uh, a buck. Uh, I was all proud of myself. Similar to what the, the Subterranean Film Club and Omar are doing? Yes. Doing fantastic work with showing uh-huh. their, their, their cheap. Their I think screen. there's a good film coming up there soon. I think it's this Friday. This Friday, yes. Uh, we didn't research it. 
did not look into that at all. It's a Friday night in the basement, which is part of Oma Community House, the big last building in the town. The big building at the bottom of the thing. And if you're not from Oma, uh, yeah. Google it. Yeah, you'll see a lovely pictures yeah. of it. So we got a lot of... Uh, so you got a bu- You got to see a film for a buck. I got to see a lot of films for a buck. Edward Norton's but I got to see film. Edward Norton in Primal Fear. You remember how good he was in that? Absolutely mind-blowing. Right, yeah. so here's the weird part. When Tony Kay was shown, uh, given the offer, and they were like, we've, we've already got this actor tied to this role, we've already got this. And they said Edward Norton, he wasn't convinced. And didn't no. want him. No. He wanted Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Joaquin Phoenix turned it down. Turned it down. To do something r- random or whatever it was. But Norton taking on the role of uh, uh, an, um, Danny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, an American History X then actually didn't do Private Ryan. That's right. He was meant he to was play. He was going to be Private Ryan. He was going to mm-hmm. do the Matt Damon part in Saving Private yeah. Ryan and didn't because he was doing American History X. So you've got, uh, again, we talked about this before. How could you see anybody else to playing? the role now uh and i yeah, don't it's, think it's not Kay's biggest problem was he, he didn't he said he norton wasn't physical enough which he wasn't if you think of primal fear he was the the, the weird sort of wiry wee nerdy guy but when you see him in american history x i mean he bulked up 20 pounds they said a big pure time. muscle big time derek muscle. not danny. derek Sorry, danny's every for long yeah but he goes he says that when he met him, uh, Edward Norton had to take him aside. He's a, he's a very vocal director, so he'd be very open to tell you, nah, not you. Yeah, he told him. Yeah, told he him told him in like New Line yeah. Studios. Like, and uh, Edward Norton took him aside and said, listen, give me a few months, I'll bulk up, I'll get the muscle on, and I'll... Mm-hmm. And Tony Kay said he didn't realise that could happen. <laughs> he just thought whatever way you looked, that's how you that's are. How you looked. He mm-hmm. didn't realise you could bulk up, or, and then he turned up and... Yeah. He says he, he did continue to, to audition. And he said he couldn't find anyone that was as good as Norton. So he started to come around. Now, the film itself, the making of the film was flawless. Mm. Nothing happened. So Didn't seem to be anything on the, toward. Yeah. The actual filming of the, the, the motion picture itself, and, and no problems with actors on set, no problems with production, no problem with anything. Uh, so that all happened after. But Yeah, but uh, on the actual, the actual, as you say, on the actual shoot, it wasn't a... Uh, there, there were no scandals compared to what happened after the no. film was released. Uh, the Norton, I mean, for his to be his, well, he was in a film, I think, when he was a child. But this was his second film. This is his second. He's pretty much the he's the main, he's the man on the poster. He's the mm-hmm. lead. It's yeah. you know, it's even though his brother Danny is pretty much the main moral compass through the whole. He's sort of the protagonist of it all. Yeah, he's and he, story, he yeah. he's in it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Furlong just turns on the afterburners in this one there or yeah. Edward Norton's Norton yeah and uh, the prison scenes now is probably one of the most graphic now we had Oz out uh, around <coughs> we talked about Oz before <laughs> but Oz has uh, you could definitely see a massive influence on that mm-hmm. on it um, some of the scenes were brutal, brutal. so again we're going to say about spoilers spoilers are coming up and it could be quite graphic yeah yeah uh, Story background, you sort of get, if you wanted to go linear with it, so you get the idea of a young Derek and his younger brother sitting with their father, who is a... Fireman. Fireman. And the father at the dinner table would... It sort of goes back to this an awful lot, where the father spouts off his his views on um, 
positive action or affirmative action. Affirmative action, yeah. In regards to recruitment for mm-hmm. the fire service. So He'd rather have a guy who's perfectly trained, doesn't matter what color skin he is, other than affirmative action means the hire has to be of a national or a background a other than white yeah. Yeah. American. Uh, so the big diatribe and the big spiel at the dinner table. So it sort of shows where the seeds sink in with Derek and that kind of, again, hits home to the sad reality. I mean, look where we're fucking living. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is where it all starts. It starts at the home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, any of yeah. that sort of stuff um, can be easily uh, absorbed by kids and it showed that in the film. Uh, we then see uh, the father unfortunately passes away yes which is told really well yeah um it's told during a tv interview mm-hmm. where you you hear a woman outside of the family home talking about a fireman has perished after a shootout after a fire and he dies um and a young derek is seen in the background like with the mullet and the, That's right, the yeah. hat on backwards mm-hmm. and the mother trying to console him who's brilliantly played by beverly downsville beverly from downsville, national yeah. yes and Ms. Griswold. Ms. Griswold. And And Babs from Entourage. And Babs? <laughs> She's really good though. She's fucking brilliant. I love her. Was was she married to Al Pacino? Yes. I was think her. I Yeah. I think she was. But the the, the Beverly D'Angelo was like sort of consoling a young younger yeah. Edward Norton in the background. Um and the TV interviewer wants to, and he just comes out with all these racial epithets about. Yeah. So he basically starts. You can see then the 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 the, the, the idea is burning his head, but this is what sets it on fire. Yeah, completely. He, he just and it goes into a proper rant that would not be uh, would not be so rare these days. Wouldn't on, be foreign on, for us on the outfit. to hear from no. Americans yeah. on the TV. But now even on Facebook, you see that quite and often now. Unfortunately, it's, yeah, that's it's rising a lot. Uh, well, they're uh, all fucking crazy. Oh, they're all mental, yeah. But 20 years old. Shout on, out to Bolivia. <laughs> two boys in Bolivia. Two boys in Bolivia, flat down, <laughs> mining down somewhere. Uh, <laughs> mining the coke. <laughs> mining the coke. <laughs> or minding the coke. That's what his job is. He's just mining it. <laughs> Looking after that coke there, bro. I had a bit of training back in, uh, back in the north, you know. <laughs> Running through a lot of forests and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I could guide it for you, no problem. Like I could mind anything. I could guard it for you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, now I'm just thinking of two boys. Um, two lads living on. Just with the berries on. The There's a street party going on sunglasses. <laughs> and AK-47's garden, just like four and a half thousand tons of coke. <laughs> Step back the fuck there, you hear ye. How did they know we're from the north? Because <laughs> you can understand us, that's me. <laughs> right. It's a podcast. It is a podcast, though, <laughs> allegedly. So yeah, the the back to normality. The but you can't that see, sort of attitude, that is attitude was coming, and you and it, it really pushed forward the sort of the the start of his journey, mm-hmm. the start of oh absolutely falling right into the hands of those who mm-hmm. were going to enforce what his father had said was was real, uh, perceived to be real, and it, it again fucking can completely mirror this place yeah. in regards to vulnerable young people. Yep. who have some sort of an idea that they picked up from parents, but they don't really have a fucking idea. And all it takes is for something tragic or something um, difficult for them to deal with. And here, well, comes, it's a tra- it's a trauma that here comes these adults with an answer. Yeah. yeah. And the, 
again, like we said, it's not a linear structure film. The mm-hmm. way it's cut, what we've just told you, you only find out at the end about the father mm-hmm. and how the father speaks to him. Whereas Derek being interviewed after his father's been killed is sort of at the, near the start. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and you're it's, not, it's all over the place. You're but thinking it, that's it that's works. the way he is, but you, yeah. again, and, and that's the joy of the film and showing you how mm-hmm. the development comes and doesn't come to the end. Uh, the back to the prison scene. So Derek basically ends up in prison because of maybe one of the most yeah infamous scenes um, ever filmed. Well, I, I can't. I still. I still cringe it's, every it's single time. Once I, I hear of. the teeth, <laughs> it's just. It's oh, very, very hard. Jesus. People say, uh, I've even, like, I watched this with my wife during the week and she was like, I, I, and this sounds horrible. She was like, I didn't even mind watching the scene where the extreme violent moment happens. Uh-huh. I just didn't like watching the scene where the teeth bite the curb. Uh-huh. But then the lead up to this, this all starts. Um, basically, they're trying to exude their dominance in this Venice Beach, California sort of setting. Uh-huh. And the, the group of Nazis, and this is a backstory, the group of Nazis take on a group of young black men who are playing basketball in the same court. And basically, whoever wins between the whites and the blacks takes over that court Gets and you're not allowed court. to come back. Yeah. So what spans from that is uh, the guys try to enact a bit of revenge on Derek's house where he's mm-hmm. living with Danny and his mom. It's the home house. Yeah. And this is Derek full-blown, swastika on the chest, balding, or he's got the shaved head. Ripped like And fuck. he's... he's toned mm-hmm. and basically the guys get caught Derek goes out with a gun shoots them uh, one of them's got a bullet wound but he's not dead and he pulls him over to a curb mm. to teach him a lesson mm-hmm. but that lesson is one of the most unbelievably shot and unforgettable moments I've ever seen in a film in terms absolutely. of extreme violence absolutely yeah but it's done with such glee it's not, it's, and it's so simple oh, in the sense of it's... it's Just a, say it. Say what happens. Say the whole thing. So he basically gets the guy, the, the young black guy, to bite the curb. <sighs> and then... Stop. Which sounds like a sexual act. Mm, bite the curb, there, boy. Uh, bite the curb, buddy. But even that, even the thought of biting the curb and the, the stone grating, grating yeah, yeah. on your teeth bad enough, but then comes oh, fuck. the jackhammer boot. Where he boots the head of him, and you hear the crunch of the skull. The skull, and and uh, <laughs> when that happened the first time on uh, upon first viewing, it was uh, a proper what the fuck, uh, <laughs> and it just shudders down my back. Everything twenty years on, twenty one mm-hmm. years oh, on, absolutely. I still feel the same. Yep, I've never seen anything, and I think it's because, as I said, it's so basic. Mm. There was no tools needed. There was no. It was no. just a man on a fucking on the road with her. And this is all in black and white. Yeah. At night, mm-hmm. in like a suburban yeah. uh, neighborhood, and but the face on Norton of the who's beer, who's out in just his white just boxers, the white boxers, and this big and black he's standing swastika. out yeah. like a like a penny, like mm-hmm. you can see him shining in the middle of the road, and he just sta- he turns around. You can hear the, the sirens going off in the background, and he just turns around, drops his knees, puts his hands. Behind his head, and smiling. The, yeah, the, but the eyes—it's unbelievable, really unbelievable. Really um, and the the fact the hands are behind the head too just mm-hmm. shows off the fucking muscles. Yep. I'm very, very uh, into Edward Norton's muscles now. I have to say they were—he's—he's uh, he's in good nick. They were tasty now. He was a good looking boy. Uh, Connor, 
We yeah. talked about this, Connor. Okay, okay. Uh, You're going there again, Connor. <laughs> Tyler Durden, some boy in that fight club. Connor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we... It's it's a it's a it's a level of evil. Yeah, that's portrayed with, as you say, such glee. It's f- it's it's a weird, and that's why that's what's fucking it's brilliant about his performance and all this. He has hit the mark on every single thing that he had to hit in this film. Yeah, he he's brilliant. He he really did, and uh, ultimately the 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 reason that he's in prison is because of that act. Yes. So we sort of then get the flashbacks again. Everything is told in black and white as as in the past. So we get to hear the the prison journey, mm-hmm. which you know uh, every prison film <coughs> dictates uh, depicts it the same way. And the you know it just boils down to race. Yeah, it's completely pack of dogs to, in the yard. Yeah, it's um, just down to what color you belong to. Stay uh, with your own pack. And this really really hated because. He's coming in there with the 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 full on main camp fucking head on him, uh, wanting to obey every Nazi rule there is, and he starts to see some cracks. Yes, in it. he's starting to think, hmm, he's fucking, he's dealing drugs with the Mexicans, and we don't like the Mexicans. What's going mm-hmm. on? And I think that started to show the audience as well. You know, sometimes it just boils down to fucking boys looking money. Just surviving. And you can talk about Belfast all day, about boys who are just yep. trying to make fucking money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and it's the mirror uh, reflection on to the north. Sometimes it's quite fucking scary in that. Yeah. But the, the prison factions then. So you've got the the whites. The, the white supremacists. You've got, uh, you've got the Mexicans. The, the Mexicans or the, the, the Latinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have then the, the black people. Um the black lads who were fucking and then you've got generally general population who have to pay them gangs to look after, to them. Look after them but you've got the the black guys who are seeing this fucker come in mm-hmm. and the reveal when he comes to the 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 yard and takes the shirt, takes off. The shirt off with a big massive swastika and you can see all the black guys going <laughs> like and the norton again didn't give a fuck no he sits down at the wits and just starts, starts pumping, yeah. right in front of him mm-hmm. like f- further away from where his, the group he's supposed to be with which he hasn't joined yet by the way so no. what they're reacting to is this is a new guy mm-hmm. who fresh fish who you just went straight to the black guy section and yeah and started <laughs> instigating mm-hmm. potentially a riot uh and those factions then as i said he, he starts to see then the cracks have shown the different things it's going on with drugs and all the other things and and that uh, these these guys are phonies. They're not really. Mm-hmm. They're not proper Nazis. Because uh, you want you want a proper Nazi. Obviously, you don't want a half Nazi. No way, boy. Or they're them are neo ones. What, what, are they not full Nazis? They're new Nazis. I but that's still a full Nazi. Any Nazis a fucking good potential dead Nazi, Connor? They should be all dead. Should they not? That's what I mean. Neo or I think I'm a Nazi. Post you should be dead. Can you be post-Nazi? <laughs> Post-New Wave Nazi. <laughs> really? I used to be a Nazi. I'm not I was a Nazi, all right. How do you feel now? Oh, still the same sort of tenant. Hi, my name's Connor. I'm a Nazi. Um, I haven't done I anything from anti-Semitic. Your, from your voice there, you're definitely not. Hi, I'm Connor. I'm a Nazi. No, you're a Nazi? Maybe. <laughs> no, That's no, what no. it is. I'm not allowed to say those You can, words. it's fun, podcast. You can say Nazi all you want, you can't say Nancy. 
Is that a thing? This is the fucking world we're living in now. Are we man. on a list now? Probably. Again. <laughs> Only just get off the last no, one. No, no, we just get off the last one. <laughs> anyway, the guys are in prison. He's starting to figure out that they're not who they were. No. Or they are who they are on the outside, but they're not who they are when they're in this world. To top things off and to make things worse for him, then he is paired up with uh, a worker um, in the laundry. Yeah, they're uh, doing the laundry. Who is a black guy. And this obviously... And who will not shut up? Does not even now. I'm not I, like I'm not racist. But no, no, he does <laughs> I'm, not. I'm not racist, but you can't. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Devon podcast. I just wanted to hit the cunt because he doesn't shut his <laughs> fucking mouth. <laughs> he didn't shut up, uh, but but he's uh, funny. Very very funny, and uh, it was the eight really got me. I just thought, mm, <laughs> it's a bit much, there, boy. Too many times. I yeah, eight. Like I've met a lot of black guys in America, and they don't say that as often as you were saying it maybe and, that's from his neighbourhood it may be his neighbourhood but I just thought I hope that's not the fucking English director sent him this is what you should say <laughs> fuck you could be right actually because <laughs> this is what I, I think heard it would be he's act- no he's actually from deep deep London so oh, he's really fucking oh, like fucking right in there mate right. I hold this art in his fucking film right oh, and you're like oh yeah. fuck this is a black actor oh, Jesus Christ but the guy, Aye, right, Tony, <laughs> the guy is brilliant. He's he is, played he, very he's well, and it, uh, but it, it shows it, you his them. his his moment in the picture changes the entire film. So changes everything. He's a huge character in yeah. this film, uh, and as you would expect, and uh, Derek being paired with him doesn't start off too well. There's no, it's just silence. He it's will not silence. even fucking acknowledge his existence, and uh, and we see then day by day bits and pieces as it gradually moves on to the point where he's not really wearing him down he's, he's just, just he's just endearing himself yeah. to him he just constantly chats yeah. and he just keeps talking he's just a guy who keeps talking and he is as you say he is fucking funny yeah. uh, you know and then we see the point that eventually he breaks mm-hmm. and he does something funny and Derek laughs and it's that oh, he's talking about he's talking about, talking about red <laughs> and the sheets and all that yep. uh and that gets him because he does. It is very funny. The thing, the, the they're movie, in prison. The yeah, they're in prison. And they're There's very prison. little interaction like yeah. that. He's just been talking to Nazis. They're no crack. We know that zero crack Nazis. Uh, <laughs> Crackless Nazis. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! You know the way the the internet picks up keywords. I don't know how many times <laughs> we've said the N word. <laughs> Whoa! You we, just said N word too. Oh, it fuck. picks up on that. That's the wrong N word, right? Uh. We, we, when you get into it then, and that is one of the things, if you talk about the N-word, yeah, you know, you've got that attitude that Derek had going in there, because you see the sort of flashpoint, the flashbacks to, uh, you heard the speech there at the start, that's him riding up a gang outside uh, a supermarket where they want to go in and just wreak havoc on. What used to be a mom and pop owned yeah. supermarket and now is owned by Korean people and... Yeah, and they they attacked this, uh, any minority workers that's in there and things, and and a very brutal scene of of one uh, member of staff getting uh, white milk, yeah. as of well there is obviously other colored milk, but uh, getting chocolate uh, milk, milk. Uh, but getting the milk poured over, and it, because it's in black and white, it does shine. It does. It really so does. And really, and it's quite. I think it's probably one of my ultimate fears is fucking being choked to death with milk. What? Wait. Oh. Put a pause. Why is that a fear? Why not any liquid? Just milk specifically. Because it would come out of your mouth like the xenomorph in your name. Aye, and then you're, you know, what if curdles and all? Wait a minute. So, you <laughs> have a fucking issue with milk, man? 
That's not gonna Connor Connor let, let's speak That's not Unless gonna happen Unless it's in a latte I don't want to fucking Have it poured down my nose Connor's not gonna happen That's okay Just you put that two liter down there But if you mess me about it <laughs> Why am I tied to this chair? <laughs> why am I getting waterboarded with milk? But that's a perfect example. That's what it was. It, it was, was essentially it that. It was essentially waterboarding um, yeah. with milk on, on a, a defenseless woman um, working in the store. Uh, but all these things are sort of, you know, that was his journey to get him. But now you have him, as I say, and you've two things happening in the prison. You've got this uh, co-worker that he has in the laundry is kind of, they're striking up a relationship. They're now starting to realize, fuck we like the same sports or we don't like the same sports but we can disagree on the sports yeah, they're, they're talking like, they're talking like me and you talking, talking about football you yeah. know they're, they're doing the same thing um and it's starting to the barriers have been broken down but on the other side of that too you're seeing him derek drift away from his ideals he, because he's questioning. Of, yeah because of what the actions of the other guys with the dealing and all that sort of stuff so the the actual the probably uh, other graphic scene the standout scene is um when Derek's in the shower, and uh, which was meant to be longer. Why that would be longer? I have no idea. I thought you were talking about a cock there, and I was like, "What?" You were going. You were going. Did we see that? I don't know. I was going. Was it? Was it longer? Um. So the scene was supposed to be longer. The scene in the film was supposed to be longer. Well, I'm glad I didn't see that because it was quite yeah. graphic and quite brutal. Um, the scene so. Uh, it had always been mooted as being the the ultimate fear in prison. Um, yeah, it's you, you know, and you, hear, it, you it hear it all the time, and you know, they don't drop soap, don't drop soap, and all that stuff. But to actually then take a, a, a mainstream Hollywood film to show uh, a male on male rape mm-hmm. in the shower was quite um, was very disturbing at the time to, to, to be watching it. Uh, but also highlighted the complete fucking hypocrisy of all the things that these boys yeah. say they believe in. Yep, everything. <laughs> everything they said they believe in. So bad enough they were dealing drugs with other minority groups that mm-hmm. they shouldn't even be speaking to, let alone making money with. But now they're actually performing homosexual acts on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, from, what, from what I gather, the Nazis aren't fond of the old uh, bum sex. Well, there are now. Well done, Nazis. <laughs> you took bum sex too. Just don't ruin that. Just don't ruin that. It's but it's, so it's graphically shot. It's black and white again. again it's black and it's on a white tiled shower. White tiled shower. So remind you of sh- the way Psycho was shot with the yeah the fucking blood yeah. in the shower. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I never I never heard anything about Tony K, but I'm sure it's some sort of homage to. To sh- to cycle because the I'd well believe it the the blood pouring down into the yep. into the drain hole um definitely it's it's quite obviously quite visual because of the black and white thing uh but but then we have the his world is completely fucking destroyed yeah um, as well as his rectum but <laughs> the I was getting all serious there <laughs> <laughs> so you were I was giving them mm-hmm. <laughs> so true and then bums and like fuck uh. And, you know, you gotta, you can see the next step, which was where he, and the, the, the guys, the perpetrators are laughing about it, about the way he yeah, has he's, to, he, he's limping and obviously he's, he's, he's walking over, he's very, very sore. Uh, and, but instead of sitting with him, 
he sits away from them. Yeah. For the first time and doesn't salute sort of thing. Well, just which, is a man, that. which is a public fucking no-no. Like he yeah, just yeah, basically yeah, yeah. publicly oh, yeah, left himself wide open by now disavowing the group. He said wide open. <laughs> We're not going to get off this? I don't even fucking pick up on that. And See, just, before, just before that, um, when he's in hospital, or he's in the prison hospital after getting beaten and getting raped, essentially, mm-hmm. like the, his old teacher... Who we've already met from the start we're of the film, met, yeah. who has talked again. We're doing this in the sort of timeline of how it happens, and we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But the teacher he said, and who he was talking to during the, the the talk with his father that we see, as being a really good teacher and a really smart man, and he's the guy that's inspiring him. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be an African American. He comes to visit him, and they have a conversation, and he basically says to him, "Is there anything you've done that's made your life better?" Yeah, and he breaks. It's a very powerful. It is. Thing. It really. And, I, it, and again, it's uh, it's just breaking down that barrier again. Is that here's mm-hmm. the the black teacher speaking to what he knows. I'm still here. What he knows a guy sitting there with a swastika mm-hmm. on his chest, and he's still there to he's, say, "I'm still here for you." When I'm supporting too late. you, and that was that was quite it was quite moving at the time. It was. It was, that was huge. Very, yeah. Um, Edmund Lord starts crying, and then you can see that this is the moment where where there was doubt. It's yeah. absolute certainty now what he knows is he's been wrong yeah um and then he sits down and basically for the rest of the prison aspect of the film he explains that he just he acted like a ghost he grew his hair out mm-hmm. uh wherever they were he was on the opposite side yeah. of the yard and he he just read sits out the rest yeah. of his sentence uh as a nobody yeah uh and at this point we're starting to see that he's a, his his mate down the laundry they're sort of they're definitely moving on to becoming friends uh, you have then the ultimately his release then so the release takes us back into then the present day in the colour into the present day and uh, it's back to that theme again we talked about the older brother trying to save the younger brother from following his path well he didn't know because he didn't want anyone to visit him in prison and see yeah, him so this he didn't way. get any updates so he didn't get any updates so he didn't know that his younger brother danny was now fully fledged in this group of white supremacists that he had previously been a major part of yeah um unbeknownst to him they're obviously set, setting up a big party for him getting out of prison mm-hmm. um previous to this uh, at the very start of the film danny is in sort of detention or he's getting brought into the principal's office with the same teacher, Dr. Sweeney, and he's saying, instead of like, again, he takes an approach, which clearly he took with Derek, instead of berating him and telling him you're doing wrong, and what he asked him to write a story um, about uh, his brother. Yes. And that's what starts the film. <laughs> yes, he's writing the story, yeah, this essay for... An essay for sure. is called yeah. American History X, and he asked him to write this story called mm-hmm. American History X, and it's about your brother. Now, at this point... They don't know that Derek has turned in prison. No. And he's coming out and he wants to start afresh. Because and it's stated the whole way through the film when they reference his education, he's extremely smart. Yes. And you can tell from how he sets these groups up and get these guys riled up when he's in his full-blown Nazi. That oh, he's a, oh, he's he's a, a leader. Like, he's a born leader, yeah. He, he really yeah. is. So Derek's coming out of prison and he's basically going to this world to tell them I'm not part of your world anymore mm-hmm. and I want my brother out of it. So what follows is a number of scenes where he goes home to see his mum first, realise how bad she is, how bad the living conditions they're in are because they're not in the family home anymore. And 
Derek himself decides to take it on himself to go to see. Uh, the, the, well, he has a girlfriend as well, played by Feruza Ball, who's really good. Mm-hmm. She's a bit mouthy, but mm-hmm. she um, obviously a lot of people are waiting to see him, but he doesn't want to see them. No. He wants to talk to the main man and tell him, I'm out and my brother Danny's out. Yeah. And then all hell breaks. And there's a real funny <laughs> Nazi hardcore band. Oh, yeah. Playing? They, I didn't uh, realize they were a thing. They were a thing. But I think they're, are they, I can't remember the name, DC Hardcore or something like that they're called. They're an actual band and they're they're in the film as like extras that's as well. That's the band? The That's the band. And then there's other, uh, I've seen this, uh, uh, it's like uh, things you didn't know. Uh, there's a, there were a load of bands who kind of doing what idols are doing at the moment. There were a load of bands at the time in 88 who were doing, taking the neo-Nazi sort of anger and music, but singing about unity and love. Mm. And they were in the film. They're in the film as party goers, the okay. band members. And some of those band members played in the band on stage. But yeah, apparently the the songs that are sung in the car, do you remember Ethan Soupley? Ethan Souffle is uh, the big guy that was in My Name Is Earl. He's a Scientologist. Oh no! He's married to Juliette Lewis's sister. Oh no! They're all Scientologists. Okay. Well, are you that's that fucked. Yeah. Uh, so Jason Lee, all, everybody that's in My Name Is Earl is a Scientologist. Oh for fuck's sake! Anyway, moving on because that could be another fucking oh, be another writer and another fucking shit. Oh fuck. He's driving along. The songs that he's singing, they're very, very racist songs. They're mental. Uh, really great songs. But they are real songs. They're actual songs. They weren't made for the film. They are. They do exist. They're from a band that are extremely racist and full of Nazis. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, I thought they were written for the film, but no, they actually fucking exist, unfortunately. Uh, you've got then the, 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 the sort of, you want to get into the redemption end of things where Derek is... Everything's based around this party at the end of trying to get into the place where he is seen as the god. Yeah, you know, they're, he, they're, they're these young guys are absolutely idolizing this guy because he did the utmost. Yep. Not only was it the most brutal way of doing it, mm-hmm. but he went in and in their eyes, according to what they knew, he was going to be a leader within the prison as well. Yeah. You know, and he was still lines. So uh, when he comes out with the hair all changed, they still don't even realize anything they just think he needs to get time to get the, the haircut and that's it yeah but uh, but also in that in the environment of the people you saw in the what we previously mentioned the parking lot of the supermarket mm-hmm. they're a lot old, they're all Derek's age and yeah. around that when you get to this party which is whatever length of time later you can tell that they've used Derek's violence against this African American as a calling card like they're oh, recruitment it's an absolute so yeah. there's a lot of young people at this party mm-hmm. Uh, teenagers and people that uh, and this is Derek's age and he's saying you can tell they really went hell for leather with the incident that happened yeah and Derek's seeing just the cycle happening again when Mm -hmm. he comes back he's realising these young guys are exactly where he was before they're being led and this is when we get to meet then the the leader who we have met before we've seen him before but but you get to see him in his office with his environment and With all the, the accoutrements uh, and all the sort of Nazi memorabilia all around them and stuff. So it's it's quite, it's it's so true that there's always some fucking oh. dickhead 
that is in the background. And let me tell you something, Connor. 99% <laughs> is one of them white fuckers. Oh, I can guarantee he's white. I wouldn't know just been out looking at them. Dirty white fuck. <laughs> well, aye. Just been out looking at them. Just by not look. Talk away to me there. <laughs> white. <laughs> Sorry, shouted white there. You shouted white. Uh, his name was Cameron, is that right? Yeah. Cameron was the name of the guy. And uh, he, he is now doing to to Danny what he did to Derek which was to sort of brainwash him and you can clearly see the intelligence is there with Danny too absolutely it's there but he's get, he's, he's moulding him he's grooming him for the next for the next the next phase which is to take on the, the mantle again and Derek's having none of it and it causes a bit of a scene then because he's trying to get Danny out it's sort of like an escape sort of thing and and I'm fucking no, hold, on, hold on hold on oh there we go there we go Jesus I wasn't right up against the wall there up against oh. the wall beach ball oh. right are you okay there now squeaky yeah I think so. <laughs> uh, the end and then we're not, we'll, we'll not give the end away we'll not do that because um, well because it's because it's a good ending not a good ending but it, it, it is a good it's it is quite a good fitting uh, a lot of rumours went about with a different alternative ending. there is but before you say that what happens after Derek and Danny Derek leaves this party we're talking about basically mm-hmm. saying I'm out and there's an incident with a gun yeah and there's a whole scene happy with but it, yeah. he walks away and he goes to these bleachers and him and Danny have a heart to heart where he tells them mm-hmm. and it, th- this this moment is what starts the flashback to the prison where he explains them what happened yeah so then Danny starts to realise if my brother, who's this hyper-intelligent, really awake guy, has realized that he is wrong, then maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are starting to get on the same page. So... It's quite a moving scene. It, it's, it's, because it's, it's, it's you huge, are getting like, that whole story and you're getting that. But it's, And it's shot from them two sitting on the bed, but it's also real close-ups of yeah. the, him reacting to what he's just heard. Because let's not get this mixed up. This guy, young kid has just been indoctrinated into this religion yeah, of sorts. Yeah. And his, his, he's been brainwashed completely for the length of time Derek's been away. Mm-hmm. And the entire time he's been with Derek as an, an, a, an older man, Derek was brainwashing him with the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's all he's known. Yes, he's known no different. Um, and it's very clear then that he can't, you know, he, he can't get away from that because of the circumstances and when he didn't have his bigger brother there because he's in prison yep. so of course he's going to get picked up not picked upon but targeted by Cameron and the others uh, and this is where then the, that that scene we might come on to that later on but it is quite heavy on on uh, the schmaltz in that sense it is it is uh, but you were saying quite a, a Norton yeah a Norton-esque kind of, kind of scene where it loves a wee bit of screen time mm-hmm. uh, what's as I say, I mean, I think we've covered the film enough in, in regards to the yeah, end yeah. because we don't want to give away the end. But we should then talk about the aftermath, which okay. is one of the weirdest histories any film has ever had, I think. Would right. that be right? No. Uh, I no, mean, you, you are. You're 100% right. It's so fucking surreal uh, how it all turned out. So where do we start with this? Start with Tony Kay again. Yeah. So we'll go back to the director who just happened to be also the cinematographer on American History X. So everything you see, performance-wise, what it looks like, mm-hmm. I don't think he did many script rewrites during production. So what you see and what we know is all up to him. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, Edward Norton's a good actor. Yes, Edward Furlong and Beverly D'Angelo and Elliot Gould and all oh, these people yeah. are, give out amazing performances. But it's all because of him and how he directed them. Mm-hmm. Don't get that mixed up. Director is king in this thing. Screenwriting, of course. David McKenna, this is one of his first scripts. Yeah, he also wrote I, Blow and that SWAT and film. It was, so it, was, it was sort of half based on a true story. American yes, effect, a, 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 a real life yeah. neo-Nazi who left the life and wrote a book about it and yeah. it was highly lauded. But the director, this director in particular, <laughs> yeah, thought of himself in the same ilk as um, Orson Welles. Yeah, Herzog. I mean, you know. Herzog, mm-hmm. uh, Coppola, von Stronheim, all these people who tried to buck the system. Yeah. But what he didn't realize is that they still worked within the parameters of the system. Yeah. You could tell from his behavior that this was his first film, was a studio. Yeah. Because, Definitely. like I said earlier, everything went well. Yeah. He even handed in a cut of the film, which was 95 minutes, mm-hmm. which is 40 minutes or so less than what we have. Yeah. Studio were like, that's good, but here's some notes. That was the first wall <laughs> that was it, yeah. he hit. Yeah. And he blew his fucking top. Yeah. When he started to get notes, that was it. That was it. Yeah. He was getting notes from Edward Orton, and he was trying to explain to the studio, that's an actor. Mm-hmm. What would he know about what I do? And it sort of opens up the, the Norton tree, you know, cupboard because it's, well, it's here's, seems, seems to be a recurring theme with I led. Here's my problem with that. Norton directed a film and it wasn't that good. No, that's right, yeah. He has another one coming out which is being highly regarded and I hope it's great. I like Edward Norton. Do not get me wrong in any way. I think he's an amazing actor. But if on your second major performance you're given a first-time director who you've just seen film Mm -hmm. and work with actors and work with the script and work with producers and clearly up to that point did it spectacularly because what we see is amazing. Oh, class, yeah. How do you have the balls to fucking doubt him? Not only doubt him, but to go and plant yourself in the fucking editing room? Here's what he did. After Kay lost his shit when Mm -hmm. he started getting notes, he he handed out another edit. They didn't like it. During that time, Kay said, right, I'm throwing my hands up. Take my name off the film. I want nothing to do with it. Yes. He recommended they put forward the name Humpty Dumpty. That's right, he wanted to do it. Directed by Humpty Dumpty. Cinematography did, by Humpty Dumpty. Did you know who guided him on the Humpty Dumpty? Mm. Name choice? Who? Brando. I'd well believe it. <laughs> I'm going to get to that too. <laughs> Brando oh, thought Brando. it was brilliant. <laughs> so he, Tony Kay then, during his Hollywood limbo, the films, it took, now, don't let me get this twisted, it took him a year to hand in the edit. Yeah. So it was going a, on forever. Primal Fear was 96. Yeah. So it was a full two years. So when Prime Fear is released, he's shooting American History X. Yeah. But it took a f- further two years after that for it to yep. be. And this is why. He, so so he, he Hanlon's galore. Hanlon's everywhere. Now, Tony Kay decides during all this, instead of talking, he tried to talk to producers and the New Line Cinema's uh, chief executive, Mike mm-hmm. DeLuca. He tried to talk to him numerous times. But their problem with it was when he handed in the second edit of the film, he also said to them, don't disregard that one. I found another film within the film. Give me another bit of time. So they were like, no, this has to go out. Yeah. Oscar season, we need to get Buzz going. Mm-hmm. 
He then, throwing the head up again, releases 40 full-page adverts in the Hollywood Reporter. Yes, these ads are fucking... Which are all quotes or direct call-outs of Edward Norton and Mike DeLuca. Yeah. And then in one, he asks Leonardo DiCaprio to read a book. These things are like 25 grand a piece. Yeah. And um, he released 40 of them. So quoting Lennon, John Lennon. Quoting like John Lennon. Right. And this is all based on Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, when he, he cut Brazil, mm-hmm. the studio didn't like it. So it was shelved. Mm-hmm. So he put out a full-page ad in Variety saying, when are you going to release my film? And they released it. His cut. So it was a success. So he was like, director provocateur. He thought, I'll do the same thing, but I'll go to the absolute extreme. <laughs> then they buckled. They buckled about 12 ads in and said, right, you've got 12 weeks to redo some. 12 weeks is it's a good chunk of time. Nah, right? You've got three months, three months. So he continues to run the adverts while he's re-editing the film his way. But what he doesn't know is that they've already hired a professional editor and Edward Norton yeah. to recut the film. So Jerry Greenberg, I think, was the editor. That's the guy. And Norton get into the editing room together to produce this. Now... Kay's one of the, uh, one of his biggest complaints was Norton's ego yeah. and the narcissistic approach that he wanted so much screen time uh, that when he was in the editing room he's adding in so much stuff just to make sure he's got screen time, not necessarily thinking about the film. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I I also have a problem with that because I, I like it. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about it today if it wasn't this fucking you know. No, so. but I also I think Danny gets as much screen time. Yeah, he's in it quite a bit. Yeah, and Furlong's going to write a bit of it. Yeah, the scenes that Furlong's in, and, and we've, the scenes and that Norton's we've, in, we've sort of glanced over Furlong. I mean, we really should have talked about. You know, there wasn't much from him since Terminator Two. To, no, very little. He, he a few independent films. He did a John Waters film, which is and really I think good, he went off the rails a wee bit and all the rest. So this was kind of a big comeback for him. Uh, a mm-hmm. major role like that, which he played to fucking perfection. Yeah, he was, he was very good at it. He played Edward Norton in this film, or Edward Furlong in this film. He's very good at playing Edward Furlong. Yeah. But he just needed to be the spotty Edward. teen. That's it. That's influential by your, like, yeah. Edward Furlong. Uh, it finally comes out uh, over two hours long, two hours. hundred hours, like yeah. two hours. And... and uh, thing uh Kay, he tried to he tried to go to the director's guild then to see if he could use alan smithy which is the known pseudonym for it's a known pseudonym for anybody that wants to disavow themselves from mm-hmm. so let's talk about that for a while i didn't know much about this until until researching this so if a director uh does not like a cut or a version or anything about a film yep. he can write to the director's guild and said i want this off my resume i want it off my yeah. cv Bang on. and uh i wanted uh, then they used the term or the name alan smithy mm-hmm. s-m-i-t-h-e-e alan smithy is the sort of cover all name yeah for it's any the Jane Doe, it's the yeah. uh, it covers all for any uh uh movie or music video so anything mm-hmm. a director has, has has put together basically what that means is uh when a director when a film is handed into the studio and it's going for editing, unless you're the director has final cut, you're going to get notes to change this, that, and the other. Yeah. And he, he, he didn't like no. that at all. Which he has admitted he was wrong about, but he well, says he would still do again. Well, the reason he didn't get the Alan Smithy credits because he wanted mm-hmm. that was because you can't do that if you publicly 
slandered, slandered the studio, the, and the studio <laughs> or the film. If you've talked yep. about the film and criticised it in any way, you can't. Uh, no. I want to say gain this credit, but it mm. is a credit that you can you have to apply to get. Uh, I was I was looking to see of other Alan Smithy films. Uh, Meet Joe Black. Yeah, Do you remember that with Brad mm-hmm. Pitt? Um, the original director seen a, a cut of it that was reduced down and went, nah, I don't want my name on yours. Yep. So it's now known as Alan Smithy. Dune, or Dune as we call it, but Dune. Yeah, David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch as well. The, the shorter version uh, of that is now Alan Smithy. Uh, and a couple of music videos as well, which was, you know, uh, somebody just didn't like the way it turned out in the end up and wanted it off there. Well, Tony Kay kept talking about his vision. Um, and in recent interviews, he explained that he wanted the original ending to be the moment where Derek uh, kills the African-American man. Mm-hmm. And he wanted that because what he foreseen was that that sort of ending where Derek has changed, shone too much of a positive light on a neo-Nazi. Mm-hmm. And even though we're not going to talk about the ending, there's quite a dark note at the end of the film. Yeah. But you still see that a guy has changed and he's realized that his actions in the past have re- related to what's happened now. Yeah. Now, it's it to me, that was sort of redemptive and I'm all right with that. But I can see where he's coming from. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you were sugarcoating a neo-Nazi. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of the critics, it wasn't badly criticized, but a lot of the negative criticism that happened early on, there's a quote by Roger Ebert and he says, This is a good and powerful film, and if I am dissatisfied, it is because it contains the promise of being more than what it is. Right, yeah. And you start to go, aye. But I, yeah, I know, what I, we have, to me, yeah, is I a mean, brilliant film. Yeah. But I, I can't see, because my problem with all that is, is if there's a script, and it's handed in, and you filmed it, and you're literally in post-production editing the film, yeah. How do you start to mess with the script? And as well as that, that like I said earlier, there were rumours about that there was another ending. And the ending that was... Uh, oh, yes, that, that one. That that he resumed. That he went back to the neo-Nazis. He went back to his old ways in a, in a, in a way to um, make up for things, if you want to say that. But, you know, he, it he shows him back, shaving his head or something in the bathroom. I'm going back to the, but uh, that was never filmed. According to Furlong, it didn't. It didn't. It was, that's not true. No. So he was asked a couple of times at a comic con or something, and he was like, "No, that that didn't exist." The the way it ended was always the way the script mm-hmm. was going to be the, the the final tail end, whether or not how it was cut. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was cut together was thing, but the but actual I end think, was always the same. I think that's where Kay started to have his light bulb moment, and he thought, "I can sit on this for three years and just re-edit it until it's completely different than what everybody thought it was going to be." Yeah, and maybe Norton seen that from the start was going, "He's going to mess with us. Mm-hmm. Let's just take it off him." Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it uh, it kind of rings true on what he was planning to do in regards to Kay uh, in regards to sh- not showing Norton in a positive light. Yeah, but I think the development, the journey, I th- I always find it a very strong message. Now I was quite young at the time, ninety eight, ninety eight, but I still felt it was very powerful, and I could see what it was trying to do. I, I don't know if I would have seen that the other way around if I had seen that that punishment beating, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. at the end. I don't know. I think it would imagine have been, leaving it would have been the shocking. cinema with that, you know, because yeah. you, you've you've had it early enough in the film where you've kind of been 
it's been small story, you know. It's it's kind of uh, uh, the the pain of it has eased by the time of that. But if you were left with that, you, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure that if if camera heads prevail, basically what what we're talking about is Tony K now is in what's called Hollywood director jail. Yeah, he's not doing anything, and it's notorious. Yeah. He's done two films since, and one of them was a documentary. Yeah, which took him like sixteen years to film. Um, he has another film which was completely filmed and they've shelved it because of legal troubles. <laughs> um, he did another film with Adrian Brody and he's in the process right now as we speak of cutting together the documentary about American History X called Humpty Dumpty. Oh, nice. Because he filmed himself the whole way through directing. Of course he did. Fucking dick. Because, and if you look up online, there's an amazing interview with Mike Figgis during all this. Mm-hmm. And he cries during all. The guy's clearly... This was my chance, and I might have fucked it up. Mm-hmm. But he's still like fucking venom about everything. He's just raging that he the system threw him away, and so many people bucked the system before and got away with it, and he wasn't allowed. But he's while Mike Figgis, the director, Mike mm-hmm. Figgis, is filming him and interviewing him. He's also filming Mike Figgis. <laughs> so he's that type of boy, like right, yeah. Uh, sure there's even a Vice documentary about him where at the very start they show a scene where he's directing the cameraman who's interviewing him. He's like, no, 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 raise that higher. I don't want to be looking directly at that. And the guy's going, what do you mean? He goes, you're, you're a producer. <laughs> I'm the director. I'm the director. Mm-hmm. And a documentary has been filmed about him that he's not the director of. <laughs> so the guy has, he wants it a yeah, certain way. See. Yeah, there's going to be something. That's... But if, if camera heads reveal and he eventually does form a relationship again, maybe if New Line are bought over, if they change their name and the, the, the edit's given to him, mm-hmm. I would want to see what he wanted to do. Yeah, I would definitely go, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing about directors I got, and I know um, Kubrick had a problem with everyone, everyone and everything. But Coppola, same when, thing. What really gets me is when a film comes out like American History X and is so well received. Yeah. To the point that it's so well received, it ends up being on the best of the best podcast. That's how good of a film it yeah. is. <laughs> why but <laughs> you don't need to hit that so hard <laughs> but why does the director not go yeah that's mine um i can understand if it was like completely slitted and it's a piece the of guy, shit the guy but is so he's he's such a moral high standard like when you hear interviews with him there's bits where you're like what a dick and then within the same sentence you're like i food for him <laughs> like he's that yeah. type of guy where he's just sincere but what he wants and in that one of them documentaries he's actually talking to his daughter on the phone who works for a talent agent for like one of their major cinema companies. He's like, even fucking Hollywood took my daughter and all this <laughs> crack. Like, oh my God. They've stolen my career and my daughter. Oh, poor town. town. But he, he, yeah, he, he has been notorious to be hard to work with. And he was, he went back to the commercial world for a while to make more money because he lost a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly on fucking putting 40 adverts in papers about slagging people off. At 25 grand a pop. Yeah, that would uh, do that. Or more, me. depending on the, t- yeah. you know, uh, no. Regardless, we are left with, in our opinion, one of the best. It's ones. amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it is amazing. Uh, and I think I mean it, it resonates as much today as it did back then, which is a sad state of affairs of where we are yeah. today as society. Uh, but as a piece of entertainment, as a movie, y- you know it, what it hits every mark. You know what's got. It's got, like I said before, the performances, but it's got those scenes that 
to still make you shudder 20 years after it's happening the, and it's not a horror film you know it's see like, the black and white or color at the start to be fair shots of just the beach and the boardwalk in venice yeah it's beautiful they're unreal mm-hmm. like, it, it's it really is a, a it's such a beautiful film to watch with the most horrific content but, but to the point where you're thinking imagine what that fucker could have done if he had to shut up and stop with his fucking ads imagine mm-hmm. the films he could have directed well, they, 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 in the last oh, 20 absolutely. years absolutely yeah absolutely but just before we get to the end as we talked about Marlon Brando Marlon mm-hmm. Brando heard about this guy and was like oh he's a he's a Hollywood rebel <laughs> Brando and he wanted automatically him. Oh, wanted him yeah. so he wanted him for this thing he was going to Brando arrive with a dish of butter <laughs> he was going <laughs> to like send out these DVDs of acting being like life lessons mm-hmm. and he wanted Tony K to direct it so Tony K turns up <laughs> Tony K turns up on November of like 2000 he turns up two months after September 11th to yes. film and Martin Brando yes. dressed as Osama bin Laden. Yes. That, yes. And that didn't go down well. No. Even Crazy Balls, Marlon Brando yes. thought that was too much for him. Uh-huh. And they didn't really speak after it. No. He yeah, was too two crazy. Months, two months after September, yeah, dressed as Osama bin Laden. In America, not even in... In America. Yeah, in America, yeah. Uh, I think there's no better explanation of the director than that. But he says He's it was just, just a joke. He says it was just a joke. Yeah. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. But you were going. But that's also, where the guy's realizations don't. They don't form a complete thought. Borderline sociopath. He just has no idea yeah. of any boundaries or anything at all. Yeah. Um, but again, this is the guy we're talking about who holds, in terms of uh, advertisement work, he is the the high, He's the the tip top. Oh yeah. He's, he's earned twenty three yeah. of these. There's like these pens they give out for people that work in advertising. And if you have two, you're considered a genius. He's 23. Jesus. So he's clearly very, very talented. So like I said, it just, it's just disappointing that we never got to see um, a, a full output of a filmography that God knows what films he could have taken and yeah. made a hell of a lot better. Uh, yeah. But that's what happens when you're fucking crazy. When you bonkles. There's you are bonkers. <laughs> uh, we hope you will um, uh, watch, rewatch, or uh, recommend the film to uh, to your pals. And please do the same about the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, apparently, what we have to ask you to do is to like and subscribe. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever the write thing is. a wee comment. Now, I mean, if you want, Ronan's very good at admin. If you private message him... <laughs> He'll send you out um, dick pics. Dick pics along with text that you could even copy and paste into review. No, don't do that because that does look like it's fucking spam bots. Uh, <laughs> come up with your own thing. Even just go fucking deadly. Aye. That would do. It doesn't Aye. have to be, you no. Know, we don't need a fucking, there was like, there's no thesis needed. <laughs> there was like seven review or seven like ratings on iTunes. <laughs> one of them was won by a person who didn't listen to it. <laughs> just because they didn't like that we put out Seinfeld first. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't listen to it. One star. Thank you. Fuckers. It didn't land on time, Margaret. <laughs> One star. <laughs> uh, so we hope you go. And I will not ask you which number of stars you'd put in, but no, just five would be just the average. Be, and um, yeah. yeah, be friendly. There's been a lot of people sharing stuff and all on Facebook too. That's mighty. You don't have to do that, but thank yeah. you. And thank you for two Bolivians. Do you know what I mean? I mean, those guys. Them boys are in a mine looking after cocaine. Flat out. Flat out. Listening to fucking Peruvian hardcore. 
and I know tonight they're going to take a couple of hit balls and rewatch American the, 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 History X. Yeah. Yeah. America crazy, man. <laughs> Is it? Okay. <laughs> on that uh, on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening. We will be back again uh, next week with our 10th episode. Yeah. Is it going to be next week, though? It's going to be a long one. Uh, it could take three days. But yes, uh, we're back for our 10th episode. And uh, we're not going to be like Tarantino, are we? We're not going to finish on 10. No, we're not going to finish. We've got we've got a few... We might finish on 10. We've got a few plans. We'll see how it pans out. A few people are itching to get on. Oh, Jesus. There'll be a few uh, dulcet tones now we could call upon to come in. Yeah, there is. Anything's possible, but at the moment we'll get to number 10 and uh, and we'll we'll take it from there. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Good night from me and it's good night from him. Shaka Khan.